This podcast brought to you by BaseCrete, leaders in waterproof bond coatings for the swimming pool and construction industry. Hey, thanks for joining us on another episode of Pool Magazine Podcast. I'm here today with Rudy Stankowitz. He's a 30-year veteran in the pool industry. I mean, this is a guy with a master and commander level expertise in all things related to pool chemistry. If your pool is green, Rudy's the guy who's going to tell you how and why and how to fix it. Thanks for joining us today, Rudy. Thanks for having me, Joe. I'm excited. Hey, Rudy, you're an award-winning pool and hot tub alliance instructor, uh, NRPA instructor. You're doing cpoclass.com. You're also CEO and president of Aquatic Facility Training Consultants. You know, people who know you in the pool industry, I mean, like, you know, you're right up at the top there. And when it comes to pool service and uh, being a thought leader in all things about pool chemistry, but why don't you tell people who don't know who you are and maybe don't know your track record in the pool industry about what it is that you do and, uh, and what CPO class is all about, too? Well, I started in the industry pretty much like everybody else did. I think I kind of fell in ass backwards. I uh, wasn't something I intended on doing, wasn't even an industry that I, I really knew existed. Because if you think about it, it's, it's an incredible stealth opportunity where you can really go as far as you want to go, but it's not something that a lot of folks know about. So like, like I said, it's something that you discover when you're on the inside. I'm actually was supposed to be a fourth generation mill worker up in New York. But when I got out of the service, there weren't a lot of jobs around. So I decided that, you know, if I was going to starve to death, I was going to go somewhere warm. So I decided I would try Houston, just picking names out of a hat. And I went down there and again, still in a few weeks before I could find some work. I was young, fresh out of the service, did not know how to transfer my skills to the real world. And eventually I saw a job looking for an assistant manager at a pool store. And I thought to myself, well, hey, I can do that, right? So, you know, because the famous last words, I had a pool. <laughs> so so yeah. I went down there and I filled out the application and swore up and down that I'd keep looking. I ended up uh, being in retail with that company for 10 years, uh, sent me up north. I've worked on Long Island in that market for a decade, was district manager of the tri-state area for that company for a little while. Eventually, I decided that I wanted to just increase my depth of knowledge. So I left the retail end of things and went into manufacturing. I worked for a safety cover manufacturer out of Long Island for about two or three years as their large accounts manager. Um, Then I got called to come down to Jacksonville, Florida, where I served as the vice president of sales for their residential division at Astral, which is now Fluidra. And my territory there was the continental United States, although I did pop up into Canada, down to Puerto Rico and across the waters to Spain every now and then, which was kind of cool. After a while, you know, traveling wears on you, I decided that I would open my own service company. And I did that in North Central Florida for a good solid eight years before I sold that company. Then I uh, started doing the consulting and training. With this, this is pretty cool. Here's the thing. The pool industry has really been really good to me. It has. It's kept food in my belly. It's kept a roof over my head. I've had lots of opportunities. And I'm at a point where I just kind of wanted to give back. I sold that company and, you know, I did well with the sale, not quite enough to retire, nor was I quite old enough to retire. So I had to come up with something. So I thought, you know, giving back would be a good thing to do. So I went into consulting and I went into education and in teaching, you know, it's kind of cool because um, you talk about the CPO class and the AFO class. 
I also have a couple of online classes of my own. When you're actually teaching and you can see that person in front of you and all of a sudden you can see it in their face when they have that aha moment. You know, that's when you did it. And that's what it's all about, because it shouldn't be about people having to reinvent the wheel, every new person that comes into the industry. It really just shouldn't be that way. We have so much knowledge and so much technology nowadays. I look at it more like it's a relay, right? I'm at where I'm at. I know I'm not going to be able to run forever. I want to be able to just hand the baton and have the next guy come and grab it and see how much further they can go with it. Nobody should try to figure out to get to where I am. That shouldn't be anybody's goal. That doesn't benefit the industry. What people should try to figure out is, okay, I can start from that point and then let's see how much further I can get. And that makes it just easier for everybody, makes swimming pools safer for everyone. Companies can become more profitable just by having that bunch of knowledge available that we might not have had. So, I mean, a lot of us had to figure it out ourselves or we work for a single person and, and the world's a different place now with the internet. You know, just from being in the industry this long, when you first got started, disseminating information was pretty much a hand-me-down process, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'll tell you, it's it's kind of funny because we, we you know, Wayne Ivusich, right, over at Taylor Technologies. So I actually, um, I was working in my pool store. I was like 20-something years old, early 20s. And Wayne came in as a product rep, and I think it was the year he was hired. So that would have been 1992. And at that time, I think the pool store was using OTO for testing chlorine. And Wayne basically just came over and said, you know, get that crap out of here. So so I actually, uh, Wayne taught me how to use a test kit back in 1992 the correct way. So that's part of my start there. And, and he's, you know, he's a legend himself. So it's kind of neat to be able to say that, you know, I knew them when, right? <laughs> so, uh, but the CPL class itself is an, uh, or the AFO class, any of the classes, I mean, people should take advantage of the education that's available out there, whether it's paid or free education. And and that's that's how you get ahead. That's how you become a larger company. I mean, honestly, Joe, you see a lot of folks that come into the industry and they really can't compete on service. They can't compete on skills. They don't have the knowledge. And instead of trying to get that knowledge, what they do is they drop their pants with their pricing. And that only damages the market that they're in and makes it difficult for anyone to actually get their value when that occurs. So, I mean, there's there's just too many opportunities to get education. Well, but, you're always going to have one guy driving around with a pole hanging out of the back of his truck, selling the service at bottom prices. And you're always going to have guys that have gone through the trouble of getting the proper training and are doing things the right way. They're just irritated by these people being in the industry. I mean, basically what it does is it devalues their work and it kind of sets an unlevel playing field, unlevel expectations with the homeowner who says, hey, why are you $30 more an hour than the guy up the street? Well, the guy up the street has no training. Well, that's the point. I mean, it doesn't just devalue their service. It devalues everybody's service in that market. So all of a sudden, what service is worth is a lower price point. It, it drops in value. So it's like a stock dropping almost. You have somebody that comes in and does things dirt cheap. All of a sudden, you see the pricing the market can bear starts to decline. And that's why you'll see a lot of areas where they have inexpensive pricing. And, and you, you hear folks yeah, talk about it. It monetizes it. Oh, absolutely. And, and the homeowner doesn't know any better. You know, they had a guy, he didn't show up, their pool turned green. I want the next guy, but what? Whoa, 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 whoa. How come you're not charging the same price? Right. It's like, well, do you want the green pool? 
I mean, really, it is a you get what you pay for type of situation. But I do feel bad for the pros that are in these areas that have been damaged where they can't raise their pricing to where they want it to be, where it should be and actually get what their worth is. You know, not that they're undercutting now. I'm, I'm sure they're getting as much out of the areas as they possibly can. But I wish it was just one person with a pole in their truck that does this. Unfortunately, it almost seems like it's hordes of people each year. And then even when they go out of business due to mismanagement or the fact that they, you know, what it is, is they look at it like it's a job, Joe. Yeah. You know, we go out there, we have insurance, we're licensed, we're trained, we know what we're doing. We have all, you know, the correct equipment and things along those lines. And we look at our businesses as a company and a company needs to grow and a company needs to make money. And then you draw a paycheck from your company. The folks that are out there that undercut the market, they're looking at it like a job. You know, I just left at place where I got paid $8 an hour. Now I'm doing pool service and I'm getting $10 an hour. So they're looking at it like that's a big jump. And they just gave themselves a raise. And maybe they did, but they're not a business owner. They're an employee. They just don't have an employer. So they don't have enough to cover things. They will eventually go out of business if they don't adjust their pricing correctly, but there will be other people who take their place. And that's unfortunate. Well, PHTA says the uh, the industry grew by about 24% last year. Right. I did so, hear that actually just talking yeah. about it yesterday. Yeah. So, I mean, you can predict that following that swell in demand and that everybody's riding on COVID's coattails and how hot the pool industry is right now, that you're just going to get a whole new flock of nascent pool companies. I agree. It's going to be worse this year probably than it has been before. You're going to get a lot of folks that are in some position, whatever it is, and their thought runs through their head. Well, so I own a truck or maybe you don't even need a truck nowadays, right? We'll just stick the pole out the window of a Volkswagen. I mean, it doesn't really matter. And I don't fault people who, you know, don't use a truck right off the bat. Trucks are expensive. But well, you the see the same uh, you see the same Facebook photos that I do, you know, with guys transporting chemicals, bungee cord to the back of their truck. I mean, none of that stuff is legit. It's not legit at all when they do things incorrectly. But, you know, I, I've been I've been the, the one polar when I started out where you all of a sudden your truck goes down and what do you do? Yeah. Now, me personally, I went and rented trucks at you all happened, just to be honest with you. No, but if that's your day to day, you know, and that's how you're operating and doing business out there and everybody sees you out there riding around, you know, your one pole and your Tupperware with your chemicals hanging out the back, you know, I mean, it's a bad look. Oh, yeah. Appearance is so much of what your value is. It just is. And a lot of times we'll even talk about unmarked vehicles versus magnets versus vinyl versus truck wraps and stuff like that. But yeah, I do agree. Those set a bad image. And whenever there's an accident or something along those lines. Unfortunately, it's not going to be, oh, well, that guy didn't do things correctly. It's just going to be, oh, look, another pool person still bleach across the highway. You know it better than anybody. I mean, what are, what are some of the things that you teach, you know, when you're acting in a mentor and an instructor? What are some of the values that you impart? Well, I stress not undercutting the market. In fact, I tell everybody, you know what, here's the thing. One of the questions I usually ask in class, no matter what class it is, because I do like to help people grow, is to provide me with an answer to this question. Why should I hire you? I ask everybody, and it seems like it's a simple enough question, but you know what? Greater than 99% of the time, you're going to give me an answer that everyone else gives me, and that's not going to help your customer make a decision to hire you. What your customer is looking for is added value, right? We expect that people brush. We expect that people skim. We expect that people vacuum. That's just pool service, so you shouldn't tell me those things. If you're going to tell me you're always where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there, who's not going to say that? 
Everybody's going to say it, whether it's true or not. That doesn't help me make a decision to hire you. Tell me you know what you're doing. That's why I should hire you. Who's going to pick up the phone and say, well, why should you hire me? Well, I have no frigging clue what the hell I'm doing. Nobody's going to say that. They're all going to say they know what they're doing. So that doesn't help. So some of the things that you look for is finding added value. So that way you can help the customer decide to hire you. I can go back and, and this is commonplace now. It wasn't when I was doing service, but I used to always take a picture of every single pool after I serviced the pool. And I had my techs do the same thing. And mostly I'd started doing this because there was this rogue landscaper that really tried to screw me over one day. Because when I was first starting out, I was taking care of a lot of uh, foreclosed pools just simply because of where the market was at. And there's pretty decent money in green to cleans. I know you know that. Yeah. And uh, I was had this one pool that I was caring for after I turned it for a realtor who gave me a ton of business. And they called me up and said, hey, look, we're showing this house today. I know it's not the regular day. Can you come out and just spritz it up and make sure everything looks perfect? And I said, well, sure, absolutely. These people, I mean, these folks are giving me a ton of business. I mean, I'd probably do it regardless. But I went out there and I made sure everything was perfect. And a couple of hours later, I get a phone call from the realtor, pissed off. Like, I told you this and that, and it was important. And, you know, if you, you could have just said no, and I would have known what to expect. And I was like, well, wait a minute. You know, I was out there. And he said, well, here, I'm going to send you these pictures. And he sent me some pictures. And he said that, you know, thank God the landscaper sent these to him so he could be somewhat prepared for the customer. And what I got were pictures of a crystal clear pool with grass clippings floating across the surface. And I was like, you mother father. <laughs> So from that point forward, I took pictures because I wasn't going through that again. And mostly I just kind of saved them in case things like that came up. But then I started to realize that, you know, I had a lot of customers that were landlords, business owners that were away on business a lot, rental homes, uh, vacation homes, things along those lines. And they didn't get to see their pools every day like everybody else did and see what a great job we did, you know. So I started automatically forwarding those pictures to those folks and they loved it. And all of a sudden they had a set of eyes in a backyard where they might not necessarily have had a set of eyes before. So they kind of get a feel for what's going on from just looking around what's in the picture. I started using that and talking it up when I was talking to people. And for those types of folks, that became my marketable point of difference. No one else was offering photos at that time, at least not in my area they weren't, or maybe if I hadn't heard of it, I'm not going to say I, I invented the idea, but it was long before the apps started doing it that are available now. You know, people loved it. And I grew my business exponentially from that. So it was, it was, it was pretty fantastic. I also try to stress keeping everybody involved in what's going on. I had a, a situation where, um, and this is going way back, but I had a tree that was actually infested with aphids hanging over a pool. There's a lot That's of... great. <laughs> it was. It was a blast. There's a lot of value in this story. <laughs> I mean... So I, it was one of my regular pools. It was at a student housing facility. Most of my commercial accounts were student housing when I was in service. And I walked up to it. I mean, it was an easy pool. It was the one that's behind the leasing office. And you know, the one behind the leasing office is the one that nobody uses when it's a two pool community. They always use the other one. So this is a small pool, low bather load, hardly any use at all. And I walked up to it one day and the water was milk white. I mean, not like exaggerating, but you could not see the second tread in this pool. So my first thought was, you know, what the 
But anyway, I tested the water. The chlorine level was at zero. It shouldn't have been. My first thought was maybe the tubing for their offline chlorinator broke um, because that's what most of these were set up with. And I went down into the pump room, which was kind of like uh, catacombs out of Hannibal Lecter or something. <laughs> and I saw that the tubing wasn't broken, but my uh, filter, which was a vacuum DE filter, completely clogged. My flow rate was at zero gallons per minute. Also shouldn't have been because I'd only just backwashed it or cleaned it. We don't really backwash those in a pool that has no use. This was mid-August, so I don't even have pollen or things like that to contend with. Anyway, so went through a rigmarole. I, I came out. I saw things that looked like snowflakes. So I collected some water samples and I went to the University of uh, Florida right into their epidemiology department. And within about five minutes, they had that under a microscope and they identified it as the Asian woolly hackberry aphid, which is an invasive species, uh, I guess, first discovered in Florida in 99. Anyhow, so that happened. That's the free resource. I mean, that's, that's one of those things. I like to tell this story because there's so many things in it that can benefit somebody who maintains pools is if you have a university in your city, they're usually extremely willing to help the community. Like I said, there was no cost for that. I just brought in my sample. They had it under a microscope and I had my answer in about five minutes. Went back and told the facility manager, the uh, CAM community association manager, what was going on. Next thing I did was call, um, do you know Tom Paragini? No, no, I don't. He's a um, natural chemistry rep here in Florida. So I, well, I, ca I called them natural chemistry. But anyway, that's when I met Tom. So this is, you know, how friendships develop in the industry too. So I met, he came out to the pool and he had some samples and we talked a little bit about the pool and uh, we basically decided, you know, the enzymes can help, but it's not going to solve the problem because we still have that tree to contend with. And I had the cam in involved in that conversation. Now we have to figure out a different way to go. So I found actually a pesticide company that was familiar with the aphids. They came out, said they could treat the tree, but they weren't going to do it because it hangs over the pool. And it's like, okay, there's no end in sight here. And so ultimately, you know what we did, Joe? What'd you do? We got rid of the friggin' tree. So, yeah, I mean, that's all you can do. It's, out, it's so not a historical landmark or something. That thing is poison. No, no, no. <laughs> so here I am. Here I am. I'm Rudy the pool guy, right? I yeah. waltz into the university. Immediately, I get somebody to look at something under a microscope. Universities will do that for you if you have a question you can't answer. And and you know what? You want to have the answer because realistically, I'm going to be one of two pool guys here. The pool is milky white. The community association manager is going to look at me and say, why does my pool look like that? So I'm either going to come back with an intelligent answer because I researched it or I'm going to say, I don't know. Yeah, I you know, it. and I don't want to be the I don't know guy. Right. I want to be the one who has the answer. Plus, I have other pools in that community that this can affect. So the college, a good resource. Then the chemical manufacturer, they didn't know me. I called. They sent somebody out the next day poolside and we talked about possible solutions poolside and involved the community association manager. So they want you to use their product. They're also nice. I mean, I'm not saying they didn't come out because they're nice, but they want you to use their product. And if you use their product, the distributor is going to bring it in and then everybody's going to use their product. So yeah. You can get this help if you reach out. And if you reach out to somebody and they're not going to come out, call the next one. There's another one. Yeah. Right. I know plenty of guys in the chemical industry that, that do that. You know, Harold Evans. Uh, yes. I know Harold Evans. over at Arenda. He's a, he's a great guy. Um, but then you know, I don't know if he was doing it. It was, this was a long time ago. So I don't know if Harold was in that game at this point in time. But in either case, another benefit from this now, I'm dealing with a community association manager who happens to be part of a management company. I have this one facility. 
do you know that within the next year, I had 20 facilities from that management company? And do you not see that involving this community association manager in everything that was going on with this problem pool helped as they spoke about the efforts? I mean, some people say that I went above and beyond in the things I did here. I, I think it's brilliance by contrast. I think I did what you're supposed to do. Sure, it's a dominant yeah, but by doing that, this manager's talking to the other managers, and then when they have issues, they call me. I come out, I drop a bid, and then I was picking up those jobs as well. So not only you know did I make this person happy, I grew a bunch with that management company because of this. So I, I like to share stories like that. I mean, so it's not so much what I tell people. It's you know, real world. These are things that I went through. These are things that legitimately happened to me, and I like to share those things if there's a learning lesson involved. Yeah, it's and, a good uh, self-starter story. I mean, honestly, you know, you, this is before Google and everything, you know, I mean. Yeah, <laughs> before yeah. Google, BG. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, you. so we were talking about the other classes. I mean, a, a lot of the classes out there are designed like, you know, the AFO and the CPO, they're designed to give a person a really good foundation in the industry that they can grow upon. A person's not going to leave one of those classes as an expert, but a person should leave those classes knowing a lot more more than they did when they went into it. And that's one of the things that, you know, I always tell people, you know, every instructor brings a lot of different things to the table. Everybody has a little bit different of a teaching style. Everybody has a little bit different of a background. If you want to find the class where you're going to learn the most, research the instructor. I mean, because the CPO class is the CPO class, right? There's a lot of different ways to teach it. I mean, I've done everything from hands-on to chemical demonstrations to having live animals in class, which, you know, sometimes goes over well not. But well, now you're writing a book, I heard, right? You're doing a book. I've written a book, yes. It's called How to Get Rid of Swimming Pool Algae. It's on Amazon. It's actually been a bestseller in a couple of different categories since it was released, which is, which is pretty cool. It takes, it's not your typical, you know, if you have mustard algae, do this, and then it's gone type of book. I'm a huge proponent of the pool person being the person who should make decisions poolside. I think the pool pro is the doctor and the pool is the patient and every patient, and we know every patient is different. There's no such thing as cookie cutter pools. They might be the same shape and the same gallonage, but there's so many different factors that make that pool unique. So there's no such thing as cookie cutter pools. There's no such thing as cookie cutter chemistry. The environmental change from pool to pool. These are all things that we need to take into consideration. And this book walks you through that process because the easiest way to kill algae is to prevent it from happening in the first place. And I deal a lot. You have a copy of my book. You've read through it, correct? Yeah. Did you like it? It's really insightful. I mean, especially for a layman that doesn't know a whole lot about pool chemistry and water chemistry. It's really insightful for a person like me to read that, you know? Well, I tried to, and, and that's, and I appreciate that. Thank you. I, what I tried to do is put together something comprehensive and, and show you how everything ties into the possibility that you could wind up with an algae problem. I mean, I'll, I'll rephrase it differently. So using, an, I guess, an analogy, and I've mentioned it this way before, but you live in a specific neighborhood, right? Yeah, I'm on 10 acres. There's a lot of uh, trees. And Why'd you buy that house, Joe? Well, I mean, we wanted a, a nice place to raise our kids. You know, we're in a really nice area in California. You chose that property because it was desirable to you. Yeah. Algae does the same thing. I mean, you're always, algae spores are airborne. You're always getting spores into the pool. But the more desirable 
water conditions are for that specific species or type of algae, the greater the chance that algae is going to be able to establish itself and then start to colonize it in the water. So there are things we can do chemically. Not, I'm not talking about adding algicides or anything like that. If you look at my book, algicides are the very, very last part of the book because I believe that is your last step. That's your last resort, okay? We've done everything else. And I'm not saying that you should let a customer's algae problem linger for weeks or anything like that. We need to go through these processes fairly quickly. Why is algicide like the the last go-to? Because there's so many different ways to prevent these things. Like I said, we go through the environment. We go through maintaining water chemistry. I talk about filtration and circulation and water balancing, how all of these things point toward a potential algae problem or the way that we can adjust them so that we don't. I mean, that's really what it's all about. When you go out to a pool, if we're using an algicide, it's either because we're not analyzing everything correctly or there's probably dead spots in the pool and then things or things that are beyond your control. But we need to figure out what those are because some things can be fixed. Some things can be corrected. So the book is more, I mean, it's really the way that we look at it in the field, whether we write it down or not, the way the seasoned folks will take this on. I mean, there's a lot of different factors that that go into taking care of a pool. And that's what makes each one and every one of them extremely unique. There's all different types of algaes and this isn't like a cure-all. This is just like a, a guidebook on how you should deal with different scenarios. I treated every pool individually and unique. And yes, some are similar to others, but you know, you're testing the patient. You got to look at your patient. I mean, your doctor, when you first go into his office, I mean, or her office, you go through triage, they hook up all these meters and gauges to you. Um, they take blood samples and they check you out as an individual. We do the same things with swimming pools, so but they need to be looked at as being unique. Uh, even the different types of algae that you can get are unique. We talk about there being bunches of different types, but there's also a lot of different genre inside of those different families of algae. I mean, I, I, we talk about black algae, for example. You know, I did some research there starting in 2018 with field samples. And every sample of black algae I took from the field had different stuff in it. None of it was the same. I mean, none of it was algae either. So it wasn't algae. It wasn't black. Actually, the, the main constituents that were in this, um, what it really is, it's a biofilm with the, with the main constituent being cyanobacteria. But the cyanobacteria makeup was different from location to location. And I'm talking about even pools that were only a mile apart from one another. So it's going to depend on what's more favorable to some things than others. We could best say black algae is always a cyanobacteria biofilm, but the constituents that make up black algae vary by geographic location. And I guess that's the best way to phrase it. And that's going to apply to mustard algae is actually diatoms, which means that diatomaceous earth is actually prehistoric mustard algae. So, and even with green algae, but it does explain some things because not only is the pool different, when we go to treat an algae problem, not only is the pool different from the last one we did, the algae could be different from the last one that we did, even though it looks the same in all cases. So you might have a pool where you treat for algae one way and it works great and you knock it out really quick. And then the next one you treat the same exact way and maybe it doesn't work as well. So right now, what we have out there in the market is a tremendous amount of books on pool care and they're fantastic and they're written by some very brilliant people. And I know a lot of them and they are amazing books and they focus on pool care as a whole. As far as any type of focused, specialized training, those types of books don't really exist in our industry. Not on a great level. There's a few here and there. And and that's where this fits in. There is not 
a book out there on preventing and eradicating swimming pool algae. So this book fills a niche that I think is super important. Algae is one of the biggest problems that we contend with. Why not have a book devoted to that? The others do glance upon the subject, but they don't really get into it too deep. This really takes you throughout everything that could cause algae, the different species, the different types, the different characteristics, the different things that they prefer, all the way up and through how to eradicate it, how to get rid of it, how to kill it. Hey, Rudy, I mean, basically right now with everything going on in the world, I mean, COVID-19 is still a thing. I mean, we're all still kind of trapped in our houses in some form of fashion. If somebody's trying to learn the pool service industry and take some online courses, where's a good place for them to start? They can start with my website if they want to. You know, it, it, you're right. There's never been a better time in the industry to learn at home. You know, whether it was we talked about BG before Google or now, there's online programs out there that are designed to increase your knowledge and can really like this, uh, the book that I have, How to Get Rid of Swimming Pool Algae. There is a course that I developed, a certification course that accompanies that if you're interested. It's at poolclass.teachable.com. But Say the that class again, on, it's poolclass.teachable.com. There's a couple of free classes there as well. I have uh, one free class right now on um, how to test water, another one on how to calculate um, quantity of diatomaceous earth to use in vacuum DE filters. Uh, but then I have this class, uh, the Algae Prevention and Eradication Specialist Certification Program. So it's actually a certification program. It's a five hour long class. It's completely online. So someone can do it completely at their leisure, at home, out in a boat, at a pool, wherever, uh, three in the morning, three in the afternoon, it doesn't matter. So they can get education from, or they can like, learn from this at any point in time they want. And not only does it actually make them, um, you know, increase their knowledge in these areas, and that's what that's going to do for them, it's going to make their jobs easier, their company is more profitable, it's going to build their business as well. So they're going to grow and be more profitable and have more time so they can take on more customers. And that's the benefit of the book. And that's the benefit of the program that follows. Not only that, we started out the conversation talking about marketable points of difference. I provide a logo here to that person that I certify. My company is certifying that person as an algae prevention and eradication specialist. So you go into your neighborhood and you have this on your social media, your website and your business card and all your advertising. Now, when somebody needs somebody, let's say you have an algae problem and you're calling a pool person for the first time. You're looking through whatever ads there are and you say, oh my, look at this guy, Joe. He's he's actually, you know, an algae specialist. Who are you going to call? You heard yeah, it from I'm the algae right. specialist right here. You take his program and then you can go out into the field with the Rudy Stankowitz Good Housekeeping Seal of Approval on algae. It gives the um, pool company, again, another marketable point of difference, something they can brag about, something that they can boast about. It's a tough class, Joe. I'm going to be honest with you. I've had some uh, really seasoned folks go through the program and, you know, it's not a gimme. I didn't want it to be a gimme. I wanted a class that you actually had to earn the certification. So, you know, I didn't want people saying that, well, you go through the program and you come out and you don't know anything. There's no way you're going to get this certification if you don't learn in this class. Awesome. I think that's important to these guys too, because I see a lot of that in social media and with the stuff that's getting posted is like, Hey, I took this program and I didn't learn a thing. You know? And that's sad. Yeah. And I didn't want to replicate that. 
Yeah. All right. Well, I really appreciate you giving us the time here today, Rudy. I want everybody to go and download the book on Amazon. If you're looking to get into a pool service program, take an online program, definitely check out Rudy's program. Joe, I appreciate you guys having me on and I definitely appreciate your listeners. And, you know, because you were nice enough to give me the opportunity to talk to everybody, I want to, I want to give everybody a little bit of a discount on my algae prevention and eradication specialist certification course. So if you go to that program, go into the payment portion. I want you where it says coupon code to type in the words algae free, all caps, no spaces, algae free. And that'll get you a 50% discount on the program. So right now it's the normal cost is 199. That'll drop it down to 99 bucks. You get a savings of a hundred dollars. That's awesome. Well, thank you. We really appreciate you doing that for us, Rudy. That was Rudy Stankowitz, a super knowledgeable pool industry veteran and best-selling author of the new book, How to Get Rid of Swimming Pool Algae, a must-read for folks in the pool service industry. That's all the time we have today on Pool Magazine Podcast. A big thanks to our sponsor, Basecrete. Next episode, I'll be talking about all the recent pool shortages affecting the industry, so make sure to subscribe and tune in for that one. We'll catch you next time on another episode of Pool Magazine Podcast.